It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche, and today is part two of the ongoing crossover, the, what are we calling it, the conference crossover, I guess, for some uh, alliteration, with... Adam Denker from the Locked on Lightning podcast. If you did not listen to yesterday's episode, Adam and I got together and what was initially just supposed to be a one episode crossover event has turned into or will eventually turn into multiple episodes. This is episode number two. By the looks of it, there's probably going to be four, maybe five because... We just kept going and going and going and going. We did two and a half hours of audio and just discussion. Heavily leaning towards uh, Lightning and Avalanche, obviously, because that's the shows that we host. But it just got into pretty much this just return of hockey. And when you have two guys who are kind of geeking out on that, uh, it just it goes and it was flowing and we didn't stop it. So we're I am not and he is not putting out the entirety of that because that would just be uh, insanely long and uh, the Lockdown Network does not allow us to do that. So we have to keep these shows within a certain time frame. So we are going to put these out every day. Like I said, it's probably going to be for the duration of this week because we kept going. And the discussion is fantastic. Uh, we get pretty passionate about things. We kind of cover what do we where do we go today? Uh, the the round robin round and who we kind of you know the matchups that we have for the Avalanche and for the Lightning and who we would kind of like to see and who we I guess want to play and maybe not that we don't want to play other teams, but who are we looking forward to in the round robin round? Talk about uh, the guy because the Lightning have a lot had a lot of injuries as well, and the Avalanche are all too familiar with that. Talk about which players kind of we brought up through the system that helped the team out through the season, uh, and a plethora of other things. So we're going to get to that in a second, but uh, I cannot go without talking about, of course, what came out today and that or yesterday now, and that is uh, Nathan McKinnon. Being nominated for the Hart Trophy, we pretty much expected that, and uh, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still great that our guy uh, is getting the notoriety that he is getting, and it's well deserved. So I think he has he has a great shot to get it. I know a lot of people are wanting to go Drysital, so it's Drysital, McKinnon, Panarin, pretty much the Ted Lindsay Award, copied and pasted into. The Hart Trophy. So um, I think some people were thinking, you know, when he lost it, was that two years ago now uh, to Taylor Hall? 
then that was a really close vote. Um, they thought maybe you know that might have been his best shot, but this this one might be. I think people are leaning in his direction, and just kind of like looking at things and you know looking at comments and almost like reading the tea leaves type of thing. Just seems like people know Nathan McKinnon is valuable, and his value is insurmountable, and it's it's unquestionable. So. Uh, I think I think he he could take it, but regardless, he's up for three awards, and whether he wins one, none, all three, um, yeah, he's had an incredible season. So we'll see where that goes. And the NHL did come out with the times. We know the dates for the round robin. Uh, let's see, where did they go? All right, so I have them right here. All right, so the first one is Sunday, August 2nd. That is the first one for the Avalanche, obviously against St. Louis. Time for that is 6.30. Uh, They will be showing that on NBC Sports Network Um, and some couple other stations as well, but it it will be on NBC. The next one is the 5th. That is against Dallas and again at 6.30. On the NHL Network for that one, as well as it says FX, and I don't remember FX really ever having hockey games, but maybe this is just strange time, so they shifted some games over to FX, maybe. But whatever. Uh, yeah, that's the second one against Dallas at 6:30. The third one on the eighth against Nashville, or excuse me, Nashville, Vegas. Uh, we don't know the time of that one, so that one is still up in the air. I don't know why it wouldn't be scheduled, maybe because of the other series, and if those series are done, they could slot it into an earlier time or a later time, probably is what the reason why, so we'll have to wait. But 6.30 for the other two, and we have times, we have dates. Now let's have hockey. And what we will have right now is the continuation of the greatest conversation ever had in the history of hockey. It's pretty much been uh, proven in science labs and stuff, so... Here is part two of the conversation of myself with Adam Denker of Locked on Lightning. My name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, But recently, I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. 
to the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But yeah, other matchups, Vancouver, Minnesota looks pretty good. Now, I don't understand why this would be happening at the time it is, but Vancouver is looking to trade Bozer like right now, which makes no sense. Hmm. Um, I saw something about that. Like there was rumors going around. Now, obviously, I don't think they, they obviously can't trade him now, but right. I don't even know why they would want something like that to leak, take the chance of talking about that and having it leak right you know, in one of the biggest yeah, times of the year. That's odd. Um, yeah, that was, it was super <laughs> weird. Um, like, and the thing that, you know, we were spoken about earlier is, you know, both our teams have been plagued by injuries. You know, the thing sure. is, is that the good thing, especially about the lightning and I'm sure with the avalanche as well, is that we have tons of players that could really, you know, have really rise to the occasion. You know, you saw it with Tampa with Braden Point, uh, Anthony Sorelli, and, you know, most notably Alex Kalorn. And just Alex Kalorin, I think is if, you know, if he continues on this track, I think he's going to be, he could possibly be a potential Conn Smythe trophy winner this year. If really? Tampa, now, are, are those guys that they brought up from the AHL or are they just players that they, are on the roster that they, they've been around. More? Yeah. They've been around um, for a number of years. Uh, Alex Kalorin, most notably, he was one of those guys where he would score about in the 20 range low 20s maybe to to maybe as a career high um i i firmly believe if the season was in an uninterrupted he could have hit maybe 35 plus um because around i want to say maybe five games before they paused the season stamkos was basically at that point in time you need to remember at this point in time stamkos was in and out of the lineup they were missing mcdonough they were missing john ruta you know, John Ruda and McDonough were out for like the longest time. So lower body injuries, which, you know, which, you know, if you thought having players out with upper body or, you know, lower body injuries was frustrating. Yeah. I can't wait to, to see how I react when I see crucial players being out of the lineup because of unfit to play status. I, um, I actually thought it was, it was locked on Avalanche the other day that I actually laughed at. I I'm totally on the, let's get unfit to play shirts. We I have to, man. That great. Those are, you know, I think the, especially the, especially some of the hosts who after, you know, have to do a Monday morning show uh, after a long week and definitely have to throw those on. I mean, everybody has like these shirts if they like have, have climbed to the top of a mountain like yeah. I, I climb so and so we should have i am deemed unfit to i think that practice. would be the perfect shirt for anyone who's still waiting to go back to work first day of work definitely should wear that you know once their their job <laughs> reopens but um no like Aunt alex Kalorn, i mean has been he's just catapulted his his season his his status with yeah. this team to a whole nother level he's really taken upon you know because when you're losing stamkos you're not only losing a a guy who, if he played more games, he I firmly believe he he would be Ovechkin level in terms of because they have similar playing styles. Other than maybe you give the edge to Stamkos in terms of facilitating the puck and playmaking abilities. So if you lose a guy like that, you're also losing your captain. 
So yeah. at that point in time, you know, we were f- the team, every, all Lightning fans, our minds were, okay, we're not going to have Stamkos possibly until the conference finals. That's if they make it that far. Now, even with him being out of the lineup, Alex Kloran, like I said, Anthony Sorelli has been insane. He's one of those guys that where, you know, he still has some, he's been with the team for a while. Um, he's one of the, he's, I would say the best, he's prime Carl Haglin in terms of playing ability. Okay. Uh, speed is insane. He's the, he will force a turnover in the neutral zone and turn it into a breakaway in the blink of an eye. So he definitely has that ability to pressure the puck along the boards and fight for that. Um, the one thing that's going to be interesting uh, going forward, especially with the Lightning, is how are they going to deal with the physicality in terms of the playoff intensity? Because granted, there is no crowds, um, but there's still going to be guys being you know chippy with each other like we normally see in the in in the playoffs. And oh, the Lightning definitely. have the, the Lightning have struggled with that all year, and that's why they acquired Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and signed ba- Zach Bogosian. Um, you know, because Patrick Maroon couldn't do it all by himself. You know, Zach Zach Maroon's a feisty guy, but he's not exactly you know a big guy. Right. Um, and it we finally saw it all come together during that last Boston series where they played a home and a home, and um, there was like I think like as soon as Pierre Maguire said, you know, this Lightning team is soft. I think like three fights broke out <laughs> where Lightning players were going after Bruins players and. Um, is there a guy like that on the avalanche where his style of play, uh, his, his level of physicality is really going to make a difference for you guys? Uh, I would have to say, uh, Kadri. Yeah. Kadri, Kadri yeah. was, uh, an animal in Toronto. All yeah. Those years. They, they brought him up because they, they, they needed that, you know, they, they have like those one or two, one, one or two guys that, uh, you know, can can really get in there and mix it up if they need to, but they didn't have they didn't have that really on the front end. Um, and trading for him kind of really really turned the tide in terms of like uh, you're not you're not going to really mess with certain people. And mm-hmm. that happened against the Rangers. They were playing the Rangers. Uh, God, I can't remember who put a hit on one of our guys, and I, I can't remember who the hit was on. It might have been Donskoy who got hit. Could be wrong on that. But Actually, it, I think I was watching that game. I think it was possibly D'Angelo. It was, it was definitely, yes, yeah. it was. You're right. Yep. And um, it was just a filthy hit. Kadri went almost the length of the ice to throw down with this guy. And yeah. that – I'm not saying that wouldn't have happened in the past, but – um, it was almost like when it happened, you were like, where is Kadri? <laughs> yeah. Get it like, go, go avenge this. And he stood right up. He didn't even care. Um, so yeah, he, he's kind of like, like, uh, an enforcer without having to really have the title of an enforcer. Yeah. But, um, he, he's, he's one of those guys when he's on your team, you like him. Oh yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like a Milan Lucic, you know, you yeah. hate him when he's on the other side of the ice, but you'll right. love him when he plays for you. Exactly. Um, I had a uh, question for you because you were, we were talking about injuries and stuff like that. And I know this year, anyway, the, the lightning didn't really get off to the best of starts. Was it injury related or was it just, they just got off to a slow start? It was a combination of both. I mean, at that point in time there, I, I believe it was just Ruta that was kind of being plagued by injury. Other, other than that, I think everyone was pretty much healthy at that point in time. 
Um, there so was do you think a lot... it was maybe like a hangover yeah. from the playoffs? Yeah, and... I, that's the thing, you know, a lot of people were saying and was running through my mind is, um, could this have been a hangover? And, you know, I, I stress it so much on my show that the clock is ticking for this team, um, for this core group, because granted, you know, Vasilevsky is only 25, but Stamkos just turned 30 and he's injury prone. So he might have kind of a, a shortened Paul Korea type career hmm. um, in that respect. Uh, and then, you know, McDonough, even though he's got a ton of years left on his contract, he's not exactly a spring chicken at all either. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, it was, it was, you were definitely in full panic mode. Um, in the first two seasons, especially how this team was playing. And it was, right. it's, it's such a relief now that uh, especially, you know, they did get lucky. I'll, I'll give them that. Like if, if they went in, if this team went into the playoffs during under normal circumstances, we could have definitely have seen a first round exit just because of Stamkos being gone. McDonough banged up Ruta, not knowing if you're going to get him back to full, you know, capacity. And then Hedman was also hurt as well. Um, so it was just, you know, it was the perfect storm at the worst time, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I actually came out on my show, uh, I've, and I've changed my mind a thousand times just because I don't want, I don't want, I don't want karma to come back and bite us in the ass, but I definitely don't want to play Columbus now. Um, Oh, I, come on, man. You gotta, <laughs> I'm hoping you need to avenge that. I'm hoping the only the only way I was fully on board at one point. I was I was on the campaign for the longest time on my show when Columbus was still in the Hub City talk that as long as Columbus if they play the games in Columbus, I want the Blue Jackets. I want them 100%. Okay. But now we're in Toronto, it doesn't really mean as much um okay. to play either of those guys. I mean, I think though if the Lightning were to get paired up with any team uh, in their first best of seven series, it'd probably be Toronto would be their best pick just because they, even though they didn't win the season series against them, um, they match up so well. They're very somewhat similar uh, teams in their playing style. Granted, it's kind of scary to look online uh, and see, I believe Marner, Bear, and Matthews are now all playing on the same line. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a scary, it looks like an all-star team at that okay. point, first line. But I think that, you know, when you're rolling into a playoff series with the best goalie who's been in the Vezina talk for the last three years, and he's only 25, and it doesn't take much for Vasilevsky to get hot, um, regardless if it's Columbus or Toronto or even a, a Pittsburgh or whomever we play, I think they're, you know, it's their, it's their playoff series to, to lose, really, at that point. Um, you know, there's they have high, high expectations, but I mean, right, right. if we have to play Columbus, so be it. I yeah. I would just, you know, I think anyone would watch that series just to see what to hear, what Torts is yelling, especially with no fans. <laughs> oh he, he flat out, I don't know if you saw it, he flat out said when they asked him if he cared if there was, you know, there was going to be more clarity to what he said on the bench. He said, I really don't give a shit. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> which was great. So I, you know, at the same time, I don't want, there to be the storyline well we've lost this team two years in a row now mm -hmm. what and then mm -hmm. then overreact and dismantle some of it because really you know they need to make a deep playoff run because at the end of the day coach cooper is kind of in the hot seat um you think you know? so yeah i mean yeah. i when i had eric erlinson on i threw him that question um eric thinks that you know even though it's not really a big thing 
if they don't make a deep run, there's going to be some eyes on Cooper and they might be forced to, if not this year, maybe pull the plug next year. If maybe they get off to a slow start. Oh, like, like during the season. Yes. Yes. Like, man. Yeah. So that's one of the things where that's always, I mean, that's touchy because you're almost telling your team in a roundabout way or you're giving up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> and but at the same time, it's you know they, he has everything he needs to win a cup. Um, he definitely did last year, uh, especially after the the season Nikita Kucherov had. But I mean, it's just one of those things where they're just going to need, you know, like I said, I mean, Boston and and Tampa Bay, it's their it's their conference. They should be playing each other in the conference finals. If not, one of them did something very wrong, and mm-hmm. a lot of eyes are going to be on that team. And I hope it's not Tampa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, why but, did the uh, why did Tampa? I think they were one of two teams that did not want this playoff format. It was them in Carolina, I believe. Um, Is there a reason? I mean, did they ever say why they didn't? I want think this I think with Carolina, it was more so because I mean, you could ask Rangers host John Chick. I actually spoke to him about this uh, a week or two ago. And the Rangers own Carolina. They swept them all year, and they didn't only sweep them. They beat them very badly in each game. So I get, I could see why, like, I guess under the, the, yeah. the bracket, they yeah. knew that they were going to get paired up with New York. So that was kind of right, right. their defense. With the Lightning, I don't understand why they wouldn't have won it because, like we stated earlier, I mean, we've had a ton of injuries this year, and it – you know, the more games you have it under your belt that where you could kind of play around with some things, I think the better. Like, this is yeah. something that none of us have ever seen before. Um, is Could you think of a reason as to why maybe a team wouldn't want something like this? Not, especially, especially if you're a top-four team? That's exactly what I was just going to say. Not if you're a top-four team. I, it really, I mean, you're, you're getting three – they're not exhibition games, but they're just for seeding, and then when you're – playoffs really start it's yeah. kind of like business as usual yeah nothing really changes so i don't get it from a standpoint of where someone like tampa bay is sitting that they wouldn't want it um yeah i mean carolina that just sounds like you're afraid of a team which is just a, a you know that sounds yeah terrible. And, and part <laughs> of it is they made that trade they made with the rangers for brady shea was just i think that they got robbed I don't even remember. I remember them trading for him. But I don't remember what they the, the they gave up. up a, they gave up like Brady Shea. He should be honestly. He should be kind of like on the bubble for the Norris Trophy talk. And mm-hmm. at this point in his career, of like how things were going, and just from what I saw and from what I heard from John Chick, it seemed like he just fell off the table. Yeah. Um, as the season went, and the Rangers they just cashed in on him at the right time because hmm. Carolina was desperate for another defenseman and they were willing to deal him. And I believe the Rangers got a pretty high draft pick because of that. Really? So yeah, it's mm-hmm. one of those. And I believe that um, I'm not sure if they resigned him, but they were definitely getting a bun- some money off the books for that. Okay. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like Tampa, I don't understand um, why they would not want this unless they thought, they were going to have, unless they didn't think they were getting a round robin, unless they thought they were maybe going to have to play. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, 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 unless, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it was uh, completely fleshed out on what the playoff would be. 
when the voting came. So that, that could be, that could be um, that there was no round robin at the time of the vote. And it was just, we all got to, you know, we're starting, everybody's doing a five game playoff or a seven game, however it was going to be. Mm-hmm. That, that could be the case. I don't remember the time frame, but. Yeah, I believe that. I believe actually if they did like one to 12 without Ron Robin, I believe Tampa actually probably would have gotten paired up with the Rangers. I don't see, you know, they, they play, they played well against the Rangers yeah. all season. So it's not like, you know, we're getting paired up with a team that owns us. But right. yes, yeah, I mean, Tampa is just when it comes to certain decisions, it's very it's it's, it's sometimes a head scratcher. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. I I think they're in a prime position. If if you know they they're already a great team. You know the fact that now that they have even more time and less mileage to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I think is a blessing and a godsend. Right. And and I think out of the Western Western Conference, do you think that? maybe the round robin matchups kind of give other teams a certain advantage. Do you think that will give benefit more to like a Vegas and a Dallas? Cause we all know how good St. Louis is. Um, you know, they're, they're an incredible team, but now sure. that, you know, they're getting extra games. Do you think that's like, they're going to be like this, this, this monster that's just going to run through the playoffs. Well, I, don't, I mean, if a team benefited from the season being halted it's St. Louis because they were struggling. They, they were going through a stretch of not playing good hockey. Uh, Avalanche were right on their heels. They, they finished two points back from them when the season was stopped. Everybody was looking forward to the last game of the season. Uh, it was scheduled between the two of them. And I think a lot of people were thinking that's going to be a battle for the top seed. Obviously, things didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think St. Louis is, is you know, I'm not saying they're happy that the season had to stop, but uh, they benefited from it because they can kind of just take a break. I mean, this is a long break for everybody, but um, they'll, be, they'll be interesting to, to see how they come out um, because we were talking about Tampa Bay kind of coming out of the gates a little bit slow. Um, St. Louis typically doesn't do that. The Avalanche haven't done that. The Avalanche have started seasons the past couple of years very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know. I, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> that the, the stars are involved in this round-robin tournament because the Avalanche could not figure them out this year. Really? And if, you know, going back to our conversation earlier about a matchup that would scare you. If Dallas was in this qualifying round, I would want to avoid them. The Avalanche couldn't figure them out. I don't you know, know it's, why. It's so weird that the the stars and it, it maybe it was just happenstance. I was I happened to be at a game that they played this year too as well. They were playing the Devils, and the one thing that stuck out to me about the stars, and I was actually going to ask you that as well, and maybe that's kind of this ties in obviously with what you just said is that. Their style of play is so – it's such a strange – Boring? Yeah, it's so <laughs> boring. It's its kind of – the best way to describe it is in the – in basketball, let's hold the let's hold the ball until we hit five seconds on the shot clock. Oh, and my then, God. And then shoot a high percentage shot. It's, it's like the it, – yeah. I – at certain points during this game, you know, granted, you're at a live hockey game. I was just like, what are they doing? Like – 
you know, it was one time where I wish like they had a certain, you know, I, I wanted to see the time of possession, like puck possession yeah. for Dallas, because it was, just, it would just seem like they would pass, 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 and then either turn it over and just play lockdown defense and just wear out the other team. Or they would just take these high percentage shots right in front, which was like, you know, cause they, I mean, they have, they have Ben who has won a scoring title in the past, but mm-hmm. he, you know, nothing, he never really evolved from anything other than maybe that one season. And then you have Sagan who, has turned from this goal scorer into kind of like a facilitator to where I don't understand why he's not shooting more. And if he is, it's very, he seems like he doesn't want to shoot. Um, And then it's just kind of like turns into the Ben Bishop show. Is that maybe they, it seems like they just choke the other team out until they just can't breathe anymore. And that's when they strike. Yeah, that's a pretty good analogy They, they, I mean, another team that's like that uh, is, is Arizona. Um, mm. I think Arizona, when they went out and um, got uh, what's his name from the Devils, the, oh the big, Taylor Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, um, because they needed offense. Yeah, I know. Flat out, they needed offense. Um, but yeah, Dallas is <clears throat> they just put you to sleep, and that's their their that's what like you said, like that's when they strike it the, because of this you know season halting there's been a lot of uh games on like the nhl network yeah classic games from like the 80s and like early 90s and stuff like that when the game was a little bit slower Mm -hmm. that's how they play yeah they they play purposely play slow that's a perfect way of describing it's like old school hockey it Um, is and that's just like it's just one of those things where do you see maybe with the long layoff lay off some teams maybe changing their style do you think like the avalanche are going to kind of go in a different direction with how they approach playing or do you think they're just going to back to the go back to the same old thing um i i think again i think this will go back to using the round robin games as yes we want to win them and you know let's use these to get our legs back and and see what direction we are heading because the avalanche are a fast team. They play fast and to, to kind of go out there and just shoot yourselves right out of the can and right out of the gate, you might see an uptick in injuries again because Mm -hmm. they're not, uh, you know, middle of the season conditioned yet. And Mm -hmm. you don't have time to play around here because if you, if you kind of just ease back into game shape, uh, you lost four games and you're you're home, mm-hmm. so they'll they're going to be a really interesting th- team. And and Dallas on the other end, they're probably liking this because their style of play really doesn't lend themselves to getting hurt. Uh, where the Avalanche and a lot of teams through the NHL because it's a fast fast game now, um, and obviously you see a lot of injuries. The Avalanche are definitely one of those teams. So uh, yeah, I, I am concerned about it. Um, but, you know, I, I think they have proven throughout this year that, yeah, if guys get hurt, and you said earlier about Tampa Bay, the whole next man up mentality, that has been, that has been the rallying cry for the Avalanche this year. So mm-hmm. if they do get hurt, they are, they are a very, very deep team mm-hmm. um, with who's on the roster right now and guys in their AHL Division. Yeah, the, the pool. Um, so yeah. out of all the players that – because the Lightning brought up a number of, I guess you could say, their go-to AHL call-ups all season. Who is the guy maybe on um, the Avalanche that 
has been brought up to that roster, kind of like that player pool where they won't necessarily be playing in these playoff games, but if someone gets hurt, their number might be called. Um, probably the one that has played the most, and he's not like a, he's a little guy. Uh, his name's TJ Tynan. Mm-hmm. He's played the most amount of games, but he, he doesn't set the world on fire. He's, he's just, um, he, he, he's almost like, uh, he plays on, on, uh, Dallas, the little, or he, he, no, he was in Dallas and then he signed with Minnesota. He played with the Rangers too. Oh, I know you talk about Zuccarello. Right Zuccarello. He's almost like a, a, a Zuccarello. Zuccarello has a lot more talent, right? Yes, now than he does. But um, he's that stature style of guy. Um, he's not going to win them any games or anything like that. And that's just the weird thing is everybody that they've brought up, they haven't really brought anybody up that has taken that opportunity and just run with it. And they've they've kept them at the NHL level. Like when a guy comes up, he does what he needs to do. When who he replaced uh, is injured and gets better, he comes back in, takes a spot, and and they send that guy back down. Mm-hmm. So it's odd. It's odd because it's not like I said they haven't been like uh, setting the world on fire. They're just holding their own. Martin Cow is another guy who who um, Avalanche fans have been waiting for him to really kind of take off. He's been down in their AHL affiliate for years. He finally came up towards the end of the season and was starting to play really, really well, mm-hmm. finally. So he's a guy. Um, and even – this is not an a- a- AHL player, but a guy that I'm really interested to see is is someone who they traded for at the trade deadline. They traded for um, Vlad uh, Nemetsnikov. Yes. And he only got a couple of games in before the season was halted, Was was playing very well. Um, I'm really interested to see what he does because that's, you know, a guy that you plucked from a bottom feeding team and now you put him on, you know, the, the, one of the top tier teams in the conference that changes guys. Right. Um, so he didn't have that opportunity to really kind of like gel with this team and show what he can do for this team. I think he is just chomping at the bent to get on the ice uh, and and really start playing with the team that traded for him. Yeah, you definitely got a good player in Vlad. He actually started his career in Tampa, so we're right. Yeah, I'm very familiar with him. Um, he was in one of the many uh, Ranger Lightning trades that have been going on over uh, okay. the last couple oh, of years. Oh yeah, yeah, like a St. Louis deal or something. I believe no? I believe he was in the McDonough trade. I could be wrong. Okay, um, all right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the good thing about this with the expanded rosters that you're going to be seeing possibly some guys that you wouldn't necessarily see under maybe normal playoff circumstances, but with, you know, obviously with the, the ever, the, the looming possibility of injury as well as players possibly, you know, getting COVID, um, you know, it's, it's good. I, I, for me personally, Alex bear boulet is probably like my number one guy I would love to see granted. The only way Boulay is getting ice time is if someone gets hurt. So, you know, that's kind of like the double-edged sword that you're getting. Um, Boulay became the number one prospect in the Lightning's system after Nolan Foote was dealt in the Blake Coleman trade. So, you know, he's one of those guys that he he has a ton of talent, but just like your guy um, that you guys got, he's small. Um, Yeah. He's, you know, he doesn't have the best shot 
that you're going to see out of a pro- your number one prospect. Right. But he's definitely going to be a guy if he gets the opportunity. He could definitely, if anything, develop his skills and possibly, um, you know, play for a spot on next year's team or at least you know, put himself on the map to the coaches and do a lot of good things behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, another guy that the Lightning have on their their roster pool is uh, Jamel Smith. I don't know if you remember him. He played with the Stars for for a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and then he no, and then I he can't remember. And then I believe uh, Lightning signed him. He he has a he has a bunch of NHL games underneath his uh, his belt. He's he's like a twenty five goal AHL you know player where. He's he's just there to get called up just in case something happens um, to someone up in the front, up okay. in the, the NHL. But uh, Al- Alexander Volkov is another guy that's super excited to see him play. But like I said, I mean, the only times we're going to see these guys play, I don't know about the Avalanche, but just from the Lightning perspective, we're only going to see these guys maybe in the exhibition game, possibly maybe if they decide to rest some players like we spoke about with the the, the possibility of load management if they decide maybe to sit some of the starters for the last yeah, uh, right. exhibition game. I mean, the yeah. last round robin game. Maybe we could see some of these guys play. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like with the resting players thing, I would want them to play Vasilevsky all three games, or if anything, do the NFL method of quarterbacks, have him play, you know, a period and a half and then throw in Kurt McElhenney afterwards. Um, so maybe that's kind of like a way they're probably the avalanche could decide who they're going to be playing in that. Maybe they'll just give these guys equal chances to do what they need to do. Um, But yeah, um, it's just, like I said on my episode, uh, last couple of episodes, it's going to be super weird, super exciting. You know, it's our job to really sound like we know what's going to happen, but with everything going on, everything. (laughs) Yeah. I think you said it best on the round table. It's just going to be, complete crap shoot right all right i think that's a good place to stop so uh again this could be one long episode and maybe if i can do that maybe i will when this is all posted um i'll ask the powers that be if maybe over the weekend i can just release this as one long episode just so people can listen all the way through with no breaks uh because i mean I don't know about you, even just listening back to it, uh, I, I just don't want it to stop. So if you're if you're feeling like I am, uh, I'll see if I can just release it when I release all of it in one big piece because uh, it's just a great, great conversation. And um, what Adam posted is he feels a bromance brewing, and I could not agree more. <laughs> I think we we connect uh, on a on a hockey level, and that's the beauty of hockey brings people together and two people who host a podcast it it can it can just bring those masses together um and it's great it's great because this is a great time because yeah hockey is around the corner so it makes sense that we would just keep talking and talking and talking so and on top of that i get really good information the the whole reason of this was to get info on Eastern Conference teams, teams we might play in the cup if we can, if we're lucky enough to make it that far. And I do, I don't know about you, I feel more educated on the Tampa Bay Lightning as to and why they had struggles early in the season and, you know, the injuries that they went through, just like the Colorado Avalanche. And so it's, it yeah, it's fun. And Adam and I obviously have a good rapport and, and we have, you know, we go back and forth, but 
uh, we also wanted to keep it knowledgeable. So hopefully you're getting a lot out of that. Hopefully the Tampa Bay side is getting a lot of avalanche info. And that's the whole point. So tomorrow will be part three. And we'll keep this train moving like a metaphor for something moving. That's going to be it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're enjoying this because it was a blast to be a part of. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with part three. And stay safe out there. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go!